0: Welcome to the No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast with Brett, Ed, Fran, Johnny, Matt and Paul helping you to build more muscle and to lose weight with a hint of banter and a dash of humour. Enjoy this week's episode. How ready are you?
1: I'm readier than somebody who's really ready.
0: I was hoping you are going to come up with something a bit
1: funnier. (laughs) put me on the spot I'm not funny on the spot I have to go and steal somebody else's jokes and then just re-say them and hope uh, people haven't heard the previous person say them
0: whose jokes would you steal though
1: Um, uh, oh in one of the posts last week I pinched a Russell Howard joke from uh, Russell Howard's good news oh
0: okay Um, (laughs) I'm I'm like the king of one-liners at work everyone gets really annoyed with me um, just because uh, I like to say lots of really shit dad jokes. I don't know if you heard that, but someone's saying, din, din. Yes, I'm eating while I'm recording. Din, din. Have you done a poo? Because you're holding your bum. No.
1: It's a great podcast recording, changing an nappy. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I'm not going to be
0: doing that. Night, night, darling. Mummy, change your bum now. Night, night. <laughs> Um, um, yeah. <laughs> um, sorry about that. Yeah, I get. Um, I wouldn't be the same. Problem is when we record this time, of night on Sunday. It's always someone's bedtime, so she always ends up coming to no night no. um, uh, night.
1: No, That's cool. It's cool with me?
0: Yeah, I. Uh, yeah, I'm terrible at work. So, like, I, these are the types of jokes that I was come out with. So I say like, um, I said to uh, I said to Jenny the other day that she needs to um, kind of do something different with her makeup because her eyebrows look a bit funny. I said she always, you know, always looks so shocked was like, "That's just such a shit joke." I said, "Yeah, I know." Sorry, I can't concentrate. Going on, um, or be like, uh, "I said to my wife, I need to call the doctor today." Which doctor? You said now nah, the regular kind. Right, which doctor? Which doctor? Terrible. Okay.
1: Terrible. Um, Terrible.
0: There was one. There was one actually I read earlier the other day. Actually, oh, you go this. Is it. It's so my wife says I have two faults. One is I don't listen, um, and something else.
1: Yeah, I've heard that before. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I mean, I'm really upset because someone stole my Limbo stick. I mean, how low can you go? That?
1: Jesus, Jesus, <laughs> this this is uh, this is what we've come to just <laughs> reading one-liners off the internet.
0: Yeah, I know, I know. There's a Twitter account which is the only reason I'm on Twitter. Called, uh, I think it's not Dad jokes. It's something like Dad says jokes, um, right. and they're just all full of jokes like that. So I try and just learn a few every morning so I can come in and read them off when I'm at work.
1: You memorize them just for the right opportunity in the right moment.
0: Pr- pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, I waited and I stayed up all night and tried to figure out where the sun was. Then it dawned on me.
1: Wow. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, no, not that. Let's just end. Let's just end the whole podcast no, I'm, there. I'm,
0: I'm going to do one more. I'm just going to do one more. Um, I need to find it because I'm going to butcher it otherwise uh where is, it? Where, is it? where is it where is it where is it where is it that was really good as well but well, i thought it was good anyway um
1: it's good oh, this,
0: this, this is terrible so but really good all right so to the man in the wheelchair stole my camo jacket you can hide but you can't run wow no too much
1: <sighs> no that was terrible really terrible
0: Okay, well, on that note, let's uh, move on. What, what have you been up to?
1: Um, well, I've just had a Sunday dinner, um, spent the day doing some programming and uh, catching up on the weekend's rugby. Uh, yeah, because playing hockey yesterday and uh, the, my drive took me the whole of the England game, which was so annoying. So like, I left the, the hockey venue where we were just as kickoff started and I got back just as the final whistle went. Uh, so that was that was rather frustrating um, So I've been catching up on all the rugby uh, Today um, and, uh, it's yeah good job been getting... rugby and a shit when No one cares about egg chasers but... Says you being a Liverpool fan uh... on, Top
0: of the league my friend Top of the league <laughs> I don't expect to be at the end of the season Let's be honest
1: But, <laughs> still... um, um, but yeah no, That's uh, it's about me today um, It was only a few days ago I suppose when we last recorded When I was with Fran uh, so I'm still a bit bunged up and a bit ill, but uh, we're getting over it. So
0: well, I wasn't on it. So although clearly, you I clearly I listened. But
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, my bin at the moment looks like a, uh, a teenager's bin, just full of tissues.
0: I had a friend. Sorry, not I had a friend. I've got a friend who used to do it in a sock.
1: <laughs> really? Yeah, well, like That's so he, American Pie.
0: No, no, and he used to keep them in his bottom drawer. And um, when his parents was gone on holiday, he'd then send, spend that time to then wash them
1: really true story that's so funny I know. there was uh, a lad who i went to university with and he said oh i was at my, my mate's house he went to the loo and his mum came in with some washing and she opened up one of his drawers to put the washing away and this drawer was just full of used tissues uh, why, why wouldn't you why wouldn't you throw them away like why would you save them in a drawer like yeah, you sort strange. of yeah you know, very scared. odd um as is doing it in
0: socks if i'm honest
1: well, yeah, yeah. So if uh, if the listeners have any uh, unusual uh, ways they go about uh, discarding um, bodily fluids, the fluids, then uh, get in touch.
0: I'm not sure I really want to know if I'm <laughs> Especially
1: if you're eating as well.
0: Well, yeah, some sort of chicken pad thai. Pad thai chicken with rice noodles and vegetables. It was uh, £2. Not that everyone needs to know this, but it was £2 reduced from £4 in Tesco's. It's a Psymix one. So Tesco's are now selling cymix you see that eat fit mm. it's called eat fit they're like little microwave meals they're much no, like no. those fit kitchen ones or what's the other yeah. brand the city kitchen or something as well much like those
1: you out there now aren't they? every supermarket seems to be tied in with one or two different companies aren't yeah. they well, like, then they do the, their own versions and yeah
0: to be honest it was 344 calories 35.6 grams of protein although i kind of would Slightly question that, given the amount of yeah. ch- like meat or chicken I can see in it. I think where's it get thirty six grams of protein from? I mean, yes, there's some um, soybeans or edamame beans in here or something as well, but still, you know, yeah. all, well, that's not bad for three hundred and forty four calories. My
1: issue with those is just the portion size is just never ever near enough. Well, but it's uh, yeah. low calories. You just have two of them, but then they just get expensive when you do that. So, yeah. um, but they always look good. They always look nice, but they're always like of a similar. A similar makeup, some sort of noodle base, or like a few grains of rice, lots Um, lots of
0: like bean
1: sprouts and
0: yeah sort of stuff for that thing.
1: Yeah, which is great. Well, like you know, higher volume food and all that, but yeah, I I need filling as well. That's that's my issue. Uh, Um,
0: yeah, so I I am lucky enough, appetite's not really a problem at the moment, so yeah, well, just because obviously I've now been gaining for well, since the last photo shoot, other than three weeks at maintenance. So, um, haven't even had one mini cut of diet since, so my weight's yes. obviously, I'm now, I mean, I'll be honest, I'm easily 20, 24 pounds, I think, over, over that weight. So,
1: so what's um, up? put you in, in uh, English money?
0: Uh, well, let me work out. Um, I will have to use a calculator, I'm afraid. Well, the small one was high weighing, to be fair, because very salty tortilla fajitas I had yesterday. Um. But what's that put me at? That puts me at eighty three point eight kilos. Jesus Christ! It's
1: about a touch heavier than where I am at the moment. I think uh, 80, yeah, oh,
0: yeah eighty three point six. Sorry. So
1: nice, nice.
0: Yeah, but I am, I'm I'm gonna do one more week pushing it, just because it suits my schedule better, and then mini cut. Finally, yeah. See what to do in three or four weeks.
1: Fair enough. Yeah, that's what we've just been doing with one of my clients. Been pushing march all the way up until the start of jan uh, and then we are just going through like a little four or five week mini cup, just try and get three or four kilos off i think we'll end up with a couple more um yeah and uh we'll push again hopefully then for another good six months so um i was going to do a post on his weight gain actually just because it's been so steady but so like just looking at that linear trend um and yeah it was it's really cool to see like i think it started in may on this like this tracking software that we're using so it's a couple couple of uh couple of kilos and a couple of months off but just shows that real steady progression and like we've pretty much like gained for nearly a year and not had too many cuts so progress has just been insane so it looks so much better for it as well so which is always good yeah my um
0: my rate of gain since christmas has been a lot higher than i'd want because i've just kind of going a bit fuck it really but mm-hmm. too many of uh, things in social occasions and stuff that i'm enjoying so
1: yeah and sometimes i think when you know you've got something like a mini cup coming up as well you do kind of uh air on the side of our uh, well, I'm a little bit over it's it's a kind of okay
0: yeah my, mine was basically since christmas so since christmas i've kind of i've not even restricted i've tracked most days but i've not really even restricted wherever my cows have fell they fell yeah all i've really worried about is hitting protein um, which is which is all right but it has meant that i've overeaten um even though like i said about my appetite i just eat too much junk food as well because obviously yeah you can consume plenty of junk food um without having to worry too much about appetite because generally yeah um which will fit in nicely to what we're going to talk about today probably but Absolutely. obviously there are many different ways of um or types of eating i should say, say many two really two different types of eating and um the type of eating that uh you kind of want when you have junk food doesn't really kind of align with how much food's in your stomach or how hungry you really are
1: yeah yeah so, so what are you doing then after that So you're going to do a few weeks cutting and then then what's the plan for you um
0: probably a little priming of just kind of holding that for a little bit and then straight back to gaining for as long as i can yeah if i, if I can get another few months six months maybe i might be pushing it really depends how much i can do in this mini cut but if I can get another gain in sorry, I'll finish eating now. Sorry if everyone heard me like like a lion or for the last ten minutes just scoffing down and stuff. <laughs> Excuse me. Um but yeah, I'll just see what I can do really in that in that mini cut and then if that can allows me to kind of get another few months gaining, brilliant. And I'll just probably rinse and repeat unless something else comes up that changes my plan.
1: Yeah, yeah. So you're not bothered about any holidays coming up this year. Um Nah, probably not. I'll have we'll 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 yeah, bleh, bleh,
0: bleh, 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 bleh. um here you go, live announcement. Because this kind of ties in. If everyone doesn't know, I am due to have a second child live announcement. I don't think that's been spoken about before. Not on um, here. Not on the podcast, no. So, which um, ironically is the day after Summer's birthday. So, is the due date. Yes. So, yeah. And um, that would be funny if they're on the same day, especially if people that know me personally will know um, maybe or maybe I don't even know if you know this or not, mate, actually, but my sister's kids were born on the same day, one year apart.
1: Really? That's yeah. mental. It is oh, mental.
0: Yeah. The one year apart bit's the more mental bit. I know it's obviously on the same days, quite mental, but one whole year apart, it's like Jesus Christ, too much, really. But anyway,
1: got, got, got busy quick, didn't they? Yeah. So this this just goes to show that you only have sex one day a year, and um, uh, yeah. yeah, pretty much. Yeah,
0: that's what I said. Lately,
1: so whose birthday is it? Nine months before.
0: <laughs> well, uh, no, it's not actually. So well, actually, no, it's bit, bit eight months before it was Jenna's birthday. So maybe we just I'm just warming her up for her birthday. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ so um anyway so the whole point of that story was um before we have a second one no doubt Jen will want a holiday at some point <coughs> oh lovely um sorry right. I've been coughing and well, yeah we're, so I'm not worried about it though I'm not gonna be like oh I'm gonna want to be shredded or lean on holiday because you know I didn't even diet for the last time we had in September or whenever it was so um, I only had three. The la- That's the only time I haven't been gaining was the three weeks after that where I was kind of at my estimated maintenance for three weeks after just to see how my weight leveled out. And to be honest, I actually almost got down. I, can't, I think I got back and I was in the late 170s. And I, before I went away, I was probably the early 170s. So I probably put on seven or eight pounds or something. And I think three weeks of maintenance or estimated maintenance, I pretty much got down to early 170s again. So I almost lost all of my holiday weight by not even needing to diet. I just had three weeks of maintenance as i thought and you know yeah see how it went so So, then was it if mm. you were losing uh, unless
1: you had a few other things going on that you were losing yeah
0: uh, well there was no no real other changing variables i guess maybe i miscalculated my maintenance maybe a little bit and maybe i was in a really tiny deficit but could not have been too much if anything so just showed you how much water retention and stuff even though i obviously ate considerably in a whole day as you know i do um shows you how much of that excess calories just gets lost in additional meat and you know all the other things that like um don't affect the food, digestion, that stuff. Um and then the actual weight gain you see, the majority of it is pretty much water from all extra food volume and glycogen, all the stuff we always talk about. So Yeah. Um but anyway, long long, long conversation about the question of holidays. So yeah, that's it really. So we'll just see what happens if another holiday pops up. I might, might do a little diet, I don't really know, see how I feel at the time. But if I feel like I did now, I probably would. So I think early 180s, I feel well out of shape. Um, like obviously me and Ben uh, have gone running a couple of times, just trying to start doing some form of running for obviously Tough Mudder that's coming up in May. And I will not lie, the running's been quite hard, even only doing four kilometers, five kilometers. But I think because I said to yeah. him, I said to him, I haven't ran since I did the 10k in Norwich in July, and that was the first time I'd ran in for as long as I could remember. But obviously, I just turned up and did 10k quite comfortably. Now, I must admit, I turned up this time, ran about 5k, and thought, fucking hell, that was hard. Um, and then we had this conversation, I did, and I said to him, Oh, actually, I kind of admitted that I'm probably a good, well, 10 pounds heavier, if not maybe even a little bit more than I was mm. when I did that 10k in July. Which has made quite a lot of difference to cardiovascular fitness, plus the weight and to just carry around and stuff. So um, yeah, yeah, I'll probably need to need to start shifting a couple of pounds now. Nah.
1: Well, yeah, that'll tie in nicely though, won't it? When the time you've done a little mini cut or whatever, and you'll be a you'll be a kilo or so heavier, won't it? lighter when you uh, come round to do that? Yeah, mid mid May.
0: Yeah. So um, shall we? Shall we kind of? So obviously, one of the things we're talking about is. Um, Losing weight or gaining weight, I think we've done an episode of this before, but specifically around the practice of intuitive eating. Um, And that's mainly because it just seems everyone's talking about at the moment. Just such a popular thing. Like people having this concept of ditching the diet and um, just eating to how your body intuitively tells you to eat. So kind of that that, uh, premise of listening to your body. Um, and we just thought we'd be, be quite a thing just to have a little chat about because I I, I can remember the podcast we did about flexible dieting with um, with with Mister Dan Davies, um, just because many it's, moons it's, ago, many moons ago, yeah, I mean many, that was episode, episode five or something, so long, long time ago. Um, and I, he is known as the flexible dieting coach. So clearly that was a, a strong topic that we want to talk about, and it did fit our biases slightly in that we we are proponents of flexible dieting. Um, Although I guess flexible diet isn't just tracking and counting macros, there's, there's more to it than that. But anyway, I remember doing that podcast and having quite a, a conversation around like intuitive eating, how we were a little bit like, hmm, it's not really something I think that many people can do very well. Um, just because if that was the case, would we have an obesity epidemic right now?
1: Well, exactly, yeah. If, if, you, if everybody listened to their body then everybody would be well just maintaining all the time they wouldn't be gaining or losing they'd just be maintaining because um, your body wants that homeostasis point it doesn't want to gain silly amounts of weight it doesn't want to um be anorexic it, you know be super slim um it wants to kind of just maintain a, a happy happy level for him for some people that's slightly lighter some people that's slightly heavier um but yeah that's kind of what your body's reaching for unless something's a bit broken with yeah. your uh, your hormones and stuff and that's why you end up with the, the like the super obese and stuff like that. Yeah.
0: yeah, and I think that's that's the that's the key thing to highlight there is that if everything was great, that's exactly what would happen. People would just be effortlessly maintaining their weight in a healthy weight range. Problem is is there's many, many factors that are stopping that happening. Um we've talked about tons of them before, I suppose, but not so I don't want to go for all oh, you know we're talking about food environment and all, all this type of stuff there's, there's tons of reasons why um we have an obesity epidemic and why maybe people put on weight although we know there's main principles they're just eating too much and not moving enough but still um should we just kind of talk about what we think intuitive eating is or what no should we talk about what people think intuitive eating is and then we'll kind of give our thoughts on what it should be
1: yeah, so I, I think it's probably like the new trendy thing now, isn't it? it? Like obviously, like if you fit your macros and calorie counting, that was that was so last year and so 2017. Now I think this year is going to be the big oh. Listen to your body, listen to your heart, and um, and stuff like that. So I think there, there might be a few kind of um, uh, uh, fluffier or fluffier thoughts of is. Um, and there's definitely going to be, uh, different people sort of with their different takes on it. At the end of the day, it's just a string of words put together. What exactly does that mean? Um, so it's kind of down to your interpretation of it, but, um, I suppose a lot of people probably think it's more of a, well, like I said, you know, it's listening to, am I full? Am I hungry eating when I am f- eating when I'm hungry and not, you know, stopping when I'm full, things like that. Um, but I think it needs to go deeper than that because if, you like for me uh if most people just ate when they were hungry and and stopped when they were full what are they eating they could be eating anything um so i think there needs to be a bit more of a description around you know if you are going to listen to your body and if you if you are kind of in tune with your body and able to say right okay well um you know i'm starting to get the if i suppose if you waited to if you stopped eating when you were full like different levels of fullness of different people like, like people associate fullness with different things like me being full is being uncomfortable and like being over what a lot of people mm. will probably associate with being overfull. Mm. now if I every day for every meal ate to that point I would be the size of a house um you know unless I was eating like just salad leaves uh but like that if that's what if that's what full is to you is that uncomfortable stomach stretch feeling um then that's probably completely different to somebody else who is you know a lot slighter and, and naturally don't have to worry about uh calories and all that sort of stuff because that as soon as they start to um get any sign that their stomach is filling slightly they stop uh, yeah and i think also
0: no go on,
1: sorry mate. As I said, there's also a bit of a delay, I think, in that fullness feeling. It's like when you do a burger challenge or like you do a food challenge and you absolutely smash it for the first like fifteen minutes. Um, you kind of you have to because there's that delay uh with, with most people uh, of that feeling of fullness. Uh, and that again can be different in different people. So I'm kind of just I am building my argument up to of why uh, this isn't a one size fits all approach. Uh, but we'll get to that at the end.
0: Yeah. I, I just want to explore that bit around Uh, feeling of fullness and it being different for people because it absolutely is and i think maybe half the problem is that we've almost conditioned or a lot of us that do chase that absolute full feeling um i think some of the issues could be that we've maybe conditioned ourselves and that that's what's normal it's normal to feel overly full and uncomfortable and that's what you're chasing all the time um albeit i imagine there's something to do with genetics and how full you need to kind of feel physically to almost satisfy your appetite i mean obviously we we know about the fto gene and we know there's certain things and certain people that can seem to eat and eat and eat and not really ever feel like they're completely full always like leptin um either deficiencies or, or leptin insensitivity is that the right word i don't think that's the right word where obviously or resistant that's probably the i for leptin resistant um and obviously the same problems people eat and, eat and eat so they are so uncomfortable but can't seem to satisfy that that appetite so i guess that is very individual but i think if we're just talking about generally healthy people um i think it's more of a conditioned problem i think it's something that we just always you know if you do it a few times you see what you chase and if you don't do it i.e that really full feeling 80% full is not satisfying or you don't feel like you've eaten enough
1: yeah, uh, until sometimes you kind of like ride that that kind of like wave of, of um, c- uh, contentment or, um, and you kind of – you know when you have a meal and it's not quite been big enough and but then like five minutes later you're like, oh, I just could do with a chocolate bar or I could just do with having something sweet to, to satisfy me. Um, but you don't get that when you're overly full normally. Uh, so if you've gone to a restaurant and you've had a massive meal and you're really, really full – uh, and they bring the, the sweet menu around and you're like, oh, no, no, sorry I, I am too full whereas if you had like you went to a fine dining restaurant and you know you'd have you had something nice and it was hadn't really filled you up that much you quite often go oh we'll have a look and then you're you tempted to do something more because you're not as you say you're only 80 percent full or, yeah. or whatever huh. um, but sometimes though if you then said oh can you bring it back in 10 minutes and we'll decide then and you carried on having a conversation or whatever. Quite often, then you go past that feeling. Um, it's a bit like when you get given a starter at a restaurant. You have you starter? And it's like an hour until the mains come out, and you're like, "Well, you know what? I don't even want the mains now. I've gone past it because your your body's accepted they've had to, it's had some food. It's accepted that's kind of oh, you know, that's all you're having. Um, so it then allows you to kind of feel full. Yeah, all you've had is a little little starter. Mm.
0: I kind um, of pick out two things from that. I think one the First point around, so remember the startup example you just gave, because I'll probably forget by yep. the time I get around this long-winded story, <laughs> but um, the the first part, part around, um, there's Jenna stabbing a fork through a microwave past the meal in the background. <laughs> yeah,
1: you, you are so healthy. We, you know, we, we had to live, yes. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah we know how to live.
0: Um <laughs> we did go out for a massive roast dinner at at lunch um at a local garden center actually but it's a really good really good kitchen actually. Um so yeah we had snickers cheesecake and oreo tart for afters so dessert. So which leaves nicely on. Um so this this point around obviously like being full and not wanting some sweet. Now I kind of look at that as as like well actually we know there's two forms of eating, as I alluded to at the start. So one would be like hedonic style eating and one is homeostatic. Now homeostatic is what you said, Ed, around homeostasis and your body wanting to basically maintain its body weight and maintain homeostasis. Um, And that's kind of like what I consider our normal appetite regulation and hunger signals and all the stuff that we um, want to happen. So when we we haven't eaten eaten for long periods of time, you kind of get this... um, increase in in ghrelin hormone which then stimulates to to put your hunger to have a, have an appetite right um to then so oh, you'll have something to eat and then when you have something to eat you, you then stimulate leptin which is uh, another hunger regulating hormone which um then tells you oh you're full satisfied and you know you don't want to eat anymore so you stop and obviously that kind of then if it's working properly should maintain your appetite now when we're eating in Uh, i suppose like normal whole foods so foods that people would expect like we we should be eating um and i know it's a bit of a blanket phrase but let's be honest like no we're not talking junk food here we're talking kind of natural whole food single single ingredient non-processed foods air quotes um and just eating like an adult you know that that should keep our hedon sorry homeostatic hunger signals in check for the most part Um, you know, you maintain normal body weight, your body gets generally pretty good at telling you when you're hungry and when you're not. The problem is you've got this other side of eating which stimulates a different part in the brain which is your hedonic style eating which is basically the eating for pleasure, not eating to maintain weight. And I think there's some big issues that when we eat these foods that we are now used to in our food environment that eats for pleasure, i.e. junk food, um, it does mess up our homeostatic regulation as well so we kind of i i think so to bring back to the point I, I think most people won't experience what you've said they will get some people that naturally regulate hunger better but i think most people and i myself included that i can be so so full and i still think i could ease i might still be ma- mindful and just turn down dessert but i still know if one's in front of me i could eat it easily
1: yeah if if i wasn't being weight conscious and I I would overfill myself just because of if, if there were. Now saying that though, I, if there was something really tasty on the menu, then I would and I would go to that point of feeling overly uncomfortable just for the fact that I've had something nice and tasty. But if the sweet menu is rubbish, then I I won't do that because I'm just like, oh, come, be bothered. Um, it also then depends on the environment that I'm in, and it depends on who I'm with and what they're doing. If I'm the only person having a dessert, which quite often is the case. I do feel a bit kind of um, not a little bit awkward, I suppose. I'm making everyone yeah, hang yeah, around yeah. for me. And, um, or if it's like just me and Alex, cause like I, I use the example, like the, the difference between the two of us, but a lot uh, when talking about hunger and, and appetite, she won't have a starter, she won't have a dessert, she'll just have a main. Um, whereas I'll have all three courses. Um, and I, I then feel bad a little bit because, you know, she's having to sit around and watch me eat like an absolute pig. Um, yeah, so I suppose it depends on environment. Whereas I know full well if, if we went for a meal, we would have all three courses, sides, like bits in between, and and everything else. So and we wouldn't feel bad about it. So yeah, we'd we'd yeah.
0: share a big bowl of pasta like Lady in the Tramp.
1: <laughs> yes,
0: yeah, end up, yeah. End up kissing at the end. <laughs>
1: That's not just because of the pasta. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean it's outside of pasta. Um, uh,
0: no, no. I, yeah, obviously there's lots of other factors as well. Like you said, the things you just mentioned. So it's not just you know my, my example is more around that kind of. We've all done it. You know, you feel so full, and the waiter brings the menu around. You're like, oh god, then I have a look. Um, there's some G and A talks about in the hungry brain a lot in that because we crave high-calorie foods, we crave salty foods, um, foods high in carbohydrates, foods high in fat. Um, even food, like food we, we crave protein foods as well so basically we just crave everything um, but one of the things he did say is that food variety and something that we've talked about loads and loads and loads on this podcast is again food variety just seems to just override a lot of those appetite regulation stuff and we can always eat something different that, again that, that example of being able to, to have a piece of cheesecake after you just had a massive Sunday lunch even though your, your belt's busting
1: mm, yeah and I think food challenges would be some easier like a challenge Mm. And it was just millions of like little dishes. I think that would be so much easier than just eating like oh, 10 pigs with the salty bacon because 100%. it just gets too much after a while. Yeah. Um, like, ev- everyone
0: I spoke was... to about food challenges or the ones that I've done myself, like I've only ever failed one. I've done about three or four different food challenges. One of my failed and that was the one I, I put it down to was a bur- like a massive burger challenge. Um, and you know how much I love burgers. But problem is it was just literally all fat and salt and... It was just so monotonous. Monotonous. I just could not eat it. Just got yeah. to the point where, do you know, what, I yes, I am full, but I'm not like dying here and bursting. But I just got to the point where, do you know what, the, I just my appetite went from 11 to minus one. Same with those pancakes. Actually, if anyone saw those pancakes I had, um, in the middle of last year, whenever it was, where I did that like massive pancake challenge at a Place in Sheffield, that I I got from 10 out of 12 pancakes, and then I got to the 11th, and I was like, my appetite suddenly just gone from. You know, like a ten down to to minus three, just because the sheer monotony of eating the same thing, just nothing. All of a sudden, it was just like I can't even get it down. Kind of, I was literally dipping my pancakes in in a glass of water, just trying to get it down. I was just trying to swallow, drink it almost. Um, so <laughs> I think that's like you say, it's because it's just there's no variety. Mm. Just, if it was like yeah. different, loads of different toppings, loads of different stuff, it'd be a lot easier. But yeah,
1: it's like having the same, I, the same foods this could help you dieting having the same foods uh-huh. every day it's just going to be like pff, and, and this is sometimes where i feel like I like, uh, when did we mention or was this just like a random comment oh it was on the live wasn't it uh when we facebook lived in the week in the uh, client group um and i was like i'm sure i'm repeating myself here but <laughs> we didn't talk about this on the last podcast um yeah and we were just saying about like it can actually help some people to diet and not having that choice and that sometimes we have Flexible dieting with you know all choice in the world can slightly lead you astray or make you feel a little bit hungrier. Mm. So if you are you know if you have uh, the whole worlds of ingredient the whole worlds worth of ingredients to go at, but you 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 do stick to your calories or whatever that can make you more hungry because then you're you're thinking about the next thing or you're thinking about how nice that was and things like that. Whereas if you just kept things boring and you were just sticking to the same three or four meals throughout the week, um, you you look forward to food a bit less. You're like, oh got that again and so you eat it and you're like yeah that satisfied me and there's less sort of excitement with the food so that might sort of curb the the hedonic uh style of eating yeah
0: definitely Uh, we've talked about it in short term it works really well for the reason you just said longer term maybe there's you can question that that's probably a reasonable cause for like binge eating uh, or binge restrict cycles and that people restrict really tasty stuff and they just live on boring things but eventually they break because you can't avoid tasty stuff forever because, you know, you have social occasions where you go out to restaurants, you go to something nice, or, you know, you just crave cookies because you haven't had a cookie for three weeks. And um, I think in the short term, that, that limited food variety definitely helps dieting, as you say. I think longer term, you kind of have to have a bit more of a strategy which can include some stuff like that. But And it, it's really fine line, and it's really hard to find that happy medium, I think. Um, very different.
1: Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, and it, everybody's slightly different, aren't they? Like, you know, I've got some clients that are... They'll just eat the same foods or whatever, and they're just not bothered by other other things. But and then I have other clients that you, you kind of, yeah, you, you just constantly like put the cookie down sort yeah. of thing. Yeah,
0: yeah. those sorts so, of clients need something to look forward to to stick to their diet, and yeah. like a more flexible approach of some sort, whatever that means, can often be better than having you know like oh let's just go clean eating or let's just try and eat that because obviously they will get to the end of the day and think oh I, I really want a chocolate it's just people just can't stop focusing on it and it would be mm. better if having a little although you do get some people that if they have one chocolate they have a billion that's really yeah. why it's so highly individualised
1: exactly yeah so a kind of good little kind of way around that I suppose it takes into account actually the, the lady we were talking about in the live um, and she posted up the next day a picture of I can't remember what food she was eating um, it was chips and something else wasn't it um, was it chips and steak I think so oh, I've been looking forward to this all week so I suppose it's kind of like obviously as long as it's worked in, it's a bit like that whole cheat meal thing. I've been really good all week so I'm gonna have like to in order for me to me allow me to have this cheap meal. Um whereas you know, if you if you flip that around and did it in a smart way you'd say, right, okay, well I've got a high day uh and I've got six low days. Six low days i'm gonna be really boring. I'm just gonna stick to my same foods. That i know i can stick to and i'm going to do it but then i'm going to look forward to a calculated meal of something a bit more tasty mm. kind of one way you could do it i suppose yeah, um yeah,
0: 100 no, 100 and i'll be honest i've, I've got that approach with a uh, female client at the moment where it's more daily though so we've kind of got like a bit more of a more of a meal plan approach or habit-based approach throughout the day but we've always allowed and it's kind of it's calculated in our calories loosely um that you can have a small snack in every evening, so whether it be a couple of biscuits or a piece of chocolate, you know, like ten grams of dark chocolate or milk chocolate, whatever chocolate you like, that type of stuff, and it just um, means that oh, I don't know what I can suffer and cope throughout the day because I know i enjoy a cup of tea with a couple of biscuits later on at night time, and it's just mm. you know the same principle
1: yeah yeah i've just on that i've I've utilized that as like a a free thing at the end of the night Uh, but obviously it was worked in so it worked out like 100 calories 150 calories and it was an options hot chocolate and a couple of toffee rice cakes and it was all calculated in but it wasn't part of my daily calculated in my fitness pal entry Uh, i didn't put it down but I knew then I could hit my calories throughout the day. And then just before I go to bed, like quite often I do get a bit peckish. And that's something that I've, I've been like since I was very little. Yeah. So obviously it's just a habit. Um, and I always knew that I could have a like hot chocolate and a couple of toffee rice cakes before bed. Yeah. Uh, that's,
0: that's, I mean, I've used that before. We've said about things like squash and sauce and should you track them and things. And we had this concept mm-hmm. where you, you by creating a little untracked buffer, so you just basically you're reducing your calorie intake that you're tracking by X amount. And then you fill that X amount with free stuff that you're not tracking you end up in the same actual intake you're just not tracking that stuff because the other if you some for some people that works well because if they didn't they would overeat anyway they would they would always kind of push the boundaries of what they're tracking and just end up throwing a few extra things in so that just kind of creates a buffer so that they can do that without feeling guilty or it's
1: still within their plan and stuff but um, yeah, yeah. So you you were going to talk about something to do with my starter. Yes. Session, you? So
0: we'll, we'll do that and then we'll move on. So your starter, yeah, um, the whole hunger thing. I suppose that's kind of like just the, the, you're talking about the time where it goes by that you've had something to eat and then uh, your body kind of, you know, this whole myth of oh if you if you're hungry or sorry once you've eaten your body takes or your stomach takes twenty minutes to to tell your brain that it's full kind of thing. Um, I don't really know I, I can't remember what I was going to say about it really and why I said I was going to come back to it but I think it's more a case of like well I'm not really sure the science behind that and whether there's any truth but I think it's more just a, a mindful eating approach you know with the episode we did with Laura um, till around just taking some time to eat your meal because there is this magic moment where if you take your time and focus on eating the meal um, maybe there's a few spoilers here, really, but if you take your time and eat your meal, um, not in front of a TV, you know, you just sit there, literally, just just enjoying that food, thinking about the tastes and stuff. You do get this magic moment where you, I don't know, let's say you're 80% into the meal, where you suddenly go, "Bing!" There is, you know, I am satisfied and I don't need to go to that extra a bit. Um, I suppose that's kind of like sometimes you're, that's forced on you in a restaurant when you're you've had some food and then you know having to wait because your food's not come out your main course and stuff. So you kind of suddenly think, oh, actually, I'm reasonably satisfied here.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was yeah, kind of what I said, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah I think yeah. I'm not sure what, what else I was going to go with that. So might come back to me. Um, because when you are saying it, I was thinking of something, and then as I said, I knew it was going to happen. My shit brain <laughs> would. Re- would um. Okay. So, intuitive eating is supposed to be exactly what it sounds like. Then. So like. Eating according to the signals your body sends. We've kind of touched on a few of the reasons why that might not work for everyone. Um, you know, the hedonic versus homeostatic style of eating, the food environments as to why it can be like a big issue. Um I suppose like how, how do we see them that they can work then? Um
1: I, th- I think you do need to be very very in tune with your body. You need to know exactly what kind of each sort of thought and feeling means um but then you get i think you get then into the argument of are you creating your own placebo um because if i think myself hungry i will be hungry if i think myself full you know i can i can trick myself a little bit into like knowing that i'm full so when i was dieting i was like no no no, you've eaten your calories for today pack it in you know stop it now and, and then i'll be kind of you know to a to a point i'll be like okay i feel satisfied or whatever um but then you get that scenario when. uh you end up eating before you kind of want to, um, and you're like, okay, well let's get yourself hungry now. And then you kind of, by the time you sit down in the restaurant or whatever, you, you're hungry. So yeah, I think you can kind of trick yourself a little bit. Um, but at the same time though, I think you kind of need to start to really take note of what actually is a hunger signal. What is a boredom signal? Um, what is a, uh, you know, a genuine feeling of fullness and what is, um, over pushing it overdoing doing it yeah 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 kind of you know where, where the line is and when you know if you stop at that line and then give it five minutes you will then feel pretty satisfied or maybe just before that line and kind of know uh but I think a really important part of this is if you do do that and you work out, okay, right, it might take you a month or whatever, and uh, you do start to work out, right, okay, well, I know, you know, I'm not hungry. It's got to two o'clock in the afternoon and now I'm hungry, so I have my first meal, uh, which is cool. So you kind of, you've thrown meal times out the window. So don't just think, oh, it's 12 o'clock now, I should be feeling hungry. You just, you don't have a set meal time, you just eat when you are hungry. So uh, it might be a case of one day you don't eat till two, three o'clock. Um, oh who is it who I see do this all the time is it Colton McIntosh quite often quite often he's but I'm sure it's him um and he posts up like oh I'm just eating my first meal now um so whether he kind of takes a sort of approach or what I don't know but um and it'll be like two three four o'clock in the afternoon i am just having my first meal um so if if you are somebody like I can quite often go without eating breakfast and I quite often do uh, and so basically if you if you're not hungry in the morning you wake up and you're not hungry or you, you have very busy mornings that tends to be my uh my scenarios i have very busy mornings so uh, and then it's not until the afternoon and the evening where things quiet down and then i start to feel hungry um but you just basically go until you are generally hungry and it's not like a boredom hunger pang it's like a proper hunger pang mm, yeah. um i think that that that's something you kind of need to know the difference between as well um definitely definitely yeah uh because you know i just situate like last night i was watching narcos mexico um on on the old netflix and it was one o'clock in the morning i was trying to get to the end of this episode and i was like oh my god i'm starving my belly was hurting and and all this so i went and got a piece of bread i had a piece of bread and then i was like okay i'm fine but then it came to the morning and i woke up this morning and it i got through till half 12 before i felt hungry I just thought to myself, I, I can't have been that hungry 12 hours ago because 12 hours later, I'm still not hungry. Um, yeah, so, um, yes. Uh, where was I going before?
0: Uh, I, I don't know. I, I was just going to add, like, the the recognising hunger signals is important. It's something that I've used with, um, again, with the, with some clients, especially um client of mine, Gemma, at the moment, because we are or we're not working on any kind of like food tracking and stuff, and we're very much using more habit-based approaches. I said to her it's really important that, um, although we've got kind of like a structure in place to um, and a plan in place for her to how she wants to eat, it's really important that she really focuses on these like actual hunger signals, i.e. I- don't eat breakfast if you're not hungry, like the point she made, because it's just so so important. And I've said to her like, you, re- whenever you feel hungry, you almost got to actively, and it is quite difficult, but actively stop yourself and think, right, Am I hungry? Literally almost ask yourself that question out loud. Am I actually hungry? And you've got to sit there and you've got to think about how your stomach feels. You've got to think of the environment you're in. Are you just sitting there bored? Um, You've just got to really analyze all the different things that you might think. And if you turn around and generally think you are, then go have something to eat. That's kind of like the approach we're having. Um, And she said this was really helpful, but something I said to her as a little tip was like, okay, well, imagine there's a plate of chicken and broccoli and plain white rice or brown rice or whatever in front of you if you're hungry you'd eat that wouldn't you because you'd be hungry and you'd eat it now if the answer's actually do you know what i don't really fancy that and i wouldn't eat it you're probably not that hungry um i said obviously if but if if you said you had like a twix in front of you and you're like yeah i could really eat a twix you you know straight away that, that you're now kind of thinking about this hedonic versus homeostatic type of eating and you can then start to work out which one's which when you start thinking of it foods like that She's it was really helpful to her to really recognise when she's hungry and when she's either bored or when she just fancies something, and um, that's really helped her stay on track. And almost since she's been doing that, she's even reduced her meals from like two three meals a day, to even sometimes two meals a day and not even having a snack at night time. Um, it, that's it's, a great tip. Yeah, yeah, and and to be honest, from from the, it's just it's just done so much for her um, energy balance. She just I mean she dropped now ten pounds in less than three weeks. We've been working together. Um, we'd worked together before but she had a baby Um, but we've now been working together again now since um, little Dawson is six months old I think now or not far off four or five months Um, and yeah obviously she's now dropped 10 pounds in that time not counted a single calorie um, not had any true restriction as I say we've just kept to like an intuitive style eating based around some some habits and a bit of a structure and some guidelines um, and a little bit of education so just showed you yeah. a few little tips like that about even just thinking about how you eat and you know your original point of uh different types of hunger
1: yeah absolutely and that's brilliant that's brilliant and that kind of i suppose like, that leads me now i so say on to what i was going to say next about yeah uh, you, you've also got to know about the calories that you're eating as well because if you left most people to say right okay when you feel hungry you can have a meal okay brilliant right well i've had burger and chips now i've had lasagna and chips now i've had pine chips <laughs> and, and you know you you do that for two three meals a day every day you're not going to be having any less calories than you probably were before uh whereas if you say right okay well you know use the situations like you say you know if you could eat the most boring foods in the world eat that boring food then because um, it's probably going to be lower in calories mm. than something that's really tasty uh but yeah you do have to you have to be calorie aware this isn't saying you know by listening to your body calories don't count it doesn't matter and all this well no they still do because if you went and ate a block of lard for every single meal that when you felt hungry um you are going to be putting on the weight whereas if you had you know something that kind of suited how you did feel maybe so if you were if you were like really really hungry and you had a really active day then yeah have some carbs and some protein um with loads of veggies but if you were having a really inactive day you were starting to get hungry you you kind of know you need to eat because you know full well you're not gonna be able to eat again now for the next few hours because you're traveling or whatever um then have something lighter, have something like a salad or just some veggies and some and some protein um and uh yeah you, you've got to be calorie aware as well and calorie conscious um and, and if you have had a slightly <laughs> higher calorie meal earlier in the day because of um it was just the only thing that was on offer or you were out for food or something or even if
0: you chose to yeah
1: yeah or, or if you chose to yeah absolutely um then have something a bit lighter just to, to because you've got to be calorie aware as well um yeah because if you do just eat blocks of lard for every meal you're never going to get anywhere so
0: i I mean that's this is the thing is right um maybe like we'll move on to maybe some of the principles now but intuitive eating isn't effortless you know people people almost some people within the industry i should say rather than people some people in the industry uh dress this up as like intuitive eating is the the, the be all and end all and that everyone should be able to do it and it should be some effortless way of, of maintaining body weight and the you know the most the most perfect diet. When in reality that's not the case. Like it's not effortless because you have all these different things you've got to think about. You can't just listen to your body's hunger signals. You've got to think about what they mean. You know the the points we made around hedonic versus homeostatic. You need to be calorie aware like you said. Um you need to think about a structure that fits um as well as listening to your hunger signals there 's so many different things that you have to um to do, and it is still pretty hard you know it 's not effortless. there are some benefits that make it maybe a bit easier than flexible dieting in its ter- in its sense of counting macros and um tracking calories but it doesn 't mean that like oh you know um it 's just going to be so easy for me because i 'll just listen to what my body wants because our bodies aren 't that great at telling us how we should eat. In this food environment, um, so Tim, should, should, let's go over some of the principles then. Um, so obviously, I've I've I sent this, um, well, basically this list of principle principles of intuitive eating that I think is quite good and maybe something for people to think about. Maybe we can just kind of cover or cover a few key points before we wrap up around maybe why or what they mean. I don't know. Just whatever your thoughts are on it. But I mean, one of the first things is like basically rejected diet mentality which i quite like and i've, I've found it something like that principle of giving yourself permission to eat something you might hear quite regularly from people so give yourself full permission to eat now for me yes i think that that's really important because that kind of encourages a healthy mentality or food relationship by giving yourself full permission to eat i think that's really really quite key however it's not permission to just go and eat what you want. It's give yourself permission to eat, but mindfully with your eyes open around the, the you know what foods they are, what what they contain, are, like are they helpful or not? Um, and I think that when then maybe might help less, or sorry, help more with less restriction um, and less binge binge uh, episodes after the restriction, that type of stuff, but. I think it's not a case of you just you know you can give yourself permission to eat whatever you want because I think as we've kind of alluded to enough times really that's what causes half the problem. What are your thoughts on it?
1: Yeah, no, no, I like that and I think that ties in nicely with the uh, with the kind of the next one on that sort of list. It was saying about honor your hunger because if you do over like you are going to be hungry when dieting, that's you know it, it is going to happen. But if you're constantly trying to outlast the hunger, um, you will end up failing uh, because. You then go right, okay. Well, you know, I've gone past it now. And then you give yourself that permission to eat, and, and then you end up going and eating ten million McDonald's. Um, so that, that you have to, I think, when you do start to get that genuine hunger, you do have to start to, you know, say right, okay, well, I'm going to have a meal, or set something in place and have, uh, you know, a preset meal with you knowing what calories it is and, and all that. Um, I think you still yeah.
0: have to sometimes accept, though. You know, you, you you're trying to lose weight. You're in a calorie deficit. You're gonna, your body's gonna fight back to a certain extent, and you are gonna have times of hunger where you just gotta suck it up. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think maybe that principle of honouring your hunger includes accepting it, not just, um, not just completely giving into. Oh, my body's said I'm hungry, so I'm gonna eat. You know? Yeah.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, because if you just did that every time when you got diet, if you were dieting for a longer period of time, you're gonna be hungry a lot um and so if you just ate every time you're hungry you just maintain or put on weight again mm. so and i think that's kind of the issue where a lot of people get to the end of the diet they do start to go right okay well I can eat normally again and then they balloon back um so yeah
0: i think some of the other like ones i like in here is around like um feel for fullness so we have kind of talked about that i suppose a bit but really feel for fullness that's almost for me that that bit we talked about Laura's point of be mindful when you eat and kind of feel for that magic magical place where oh i feel satisfied but not overly full
1: yeah yeah and that's kind of what we've spoken about isn't it understanding exactly where that is and it might not be the feeling you're feeling at that moment in time but you kind of, you'll know in 10 15 minutes' time you will be then very satisfied if you stop eating at this point. And it's, I suppose, it's knowing where that point is. Mm. Um, that is
0: incredibly yeah. difficult. You know, we touched it right at the start. It's incredibly difficult when we've probably conditioned ourselves, a lot of us anyway, to chase that overfull feeling. <clears throat> yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, one that I quite like is cope with your emotions without using food i can guarantee that over half the listenership will be able to put their hand up if they you know if you say have you have you ever eaten because you felt down or because you felt upset because you, you you've eaten because you're i don't know happy or <laughs> yeah um, I, I was gonna
0: say on that i'm probably the opposite i'm probably one that i my inhibitions and i relax more when i'm kind of in a happy mood it's almost like oh i'm happy oh never mind i won't matter
1: Mm, Yeah, yeah. Uh, Again, it never be slightly different, aren't they? So some people will do one, some people will do the other. Um, Yeah, I I know so many people who, you both, uh, so many people who, you know, they're down and they're upset, so they they reach for the ice cream and things like that. And you you do hear it a lot. And it's a really difficult thing to, to kind of cope with and deal with. But uh, you do, well. You will have to find a way around it if you're wanting to lose weight and you're an emotional eater. We so. see it a lot
0: in our challenges and in our semi-private coaching. We've seen a lot of that. We even see it a lot in our group. And a lot of people have posted to say that you know I've had a bad day. I came home and I've just ended up eating half the kitchen. Um, I think it's really, really common. I think that kind of stress eating or depressive eating or just kind of eating your emotions is so, so common.
1: Yeah, yeah, and combating that, it is tough, it is tough, but it's realising that you do it, and it's maybe having an allowance to kind of wean you off doing it, mm. um, yeah.
0: I don't know, I think the realising bit's key, but other than that, uh, so, such a difficult thing, that that kind of relationship with food and emotions is such a hard one to crack, and I think a lot of people probably need professional help outside of a nutritionist or a, or a PT or anyone, and probably more towards the, like, the psychiatrist aspect, or... Um, psychologist
1: yeah 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 we we all have our limits
0: yeah and that like that's that's nothing bad to be said about you know people that reach out for help because it is so so common um but yeah um i i think some of the two things maybe this is what we'll end on unless you've got other stuff to add but i think some of the key things about all about intuitive eating is two of the principles here that they've put on about exercising and feeling the difference but also honour your health with gentle nutrition. And I think actually kind of just live in a healthful lifestyle, i.e. do some exercise, because one, I think a lot of times exercise can be brilliant spiritually and for the mind, but also can sometimes help people with appetite regulation as well. I think there is some mixed evidence in out there about, like say cardio as an example, and, and how it affects appetite, and that it is quite individualised by the sounds of it. Some people get really hungry, some people don't. Um, I have tend to find when I exercise or when I go for walks and say it does tend to take my mind and blunt my hunger a bit. So I think that can really be a useful thing. And I think just generally being healthy makes you feel better. Um, and therefore, as I say, your appetite regulation is a bit better or whatever it is, whether it's kind of more psychological than just physiological, I don't know. But I think if you're exercising regularly, you tend to have better appetite regulation. Um, and the same with you know we talked about, focus on really healthful foods. And again, if you're kind of if you trying to int- eat intuitively, you probably need to eat lots more healthful food and a lot less junk food if you kind of want that natural um, intuitiveness to eat to, to be successful. Otherwise, I think you, you're kind of making it a lot more difficult for yourself. As bad as that might sound from the outside, I think, oh, I don't want a cow junk food. Um, you don't have to cut it completely out, but I think you've really got to limit it a lot more than someone who is ignoring natural hunger signals and, and basically uh, eating to numbers
1: yeah no i like that and just quickly on the exercise one uh if you are exercising and you're going to the gym or to a class or something like that you, it gets you kind of in like a healthy frame of mind almost mm. and you you do that and then say you went and did your shopping after after doing an exercise class or what have you uh you, you went on to, to go do the shopping you're going to buy things that are conducive to that you're not going to go out and buy three cheesecakes and you know everything else i'm gonna sit and eat so, some
0: some might, might. Oh, yeah, I, yeah. oh i've just done a spinning class i can eat this whole cheesecake
1: yeah yeah but they only actually did 10 minutes of the spinning class and just talked for the rest well, of it well yeah they turn the <laughs> resistance right down so <laughs> yeah yeah it's it really easy free wheel the whole thing really? um yeah so i know if i get if i if i'm if i'm on a roll going to the gym stuff like that for the week yeah. i eat so much better than if i'm not and I, then i start to eat To fuel my gym sessions and fuel my hockey sessions and stuff like that, whereas, like this. Week just gone it's been like the ground's been frozen so hockey's not been on I've been ill so I've not been going to the gym so I've been like oh well, I'll just eat whatever um, yeah and you start eating like shit then so you yeah, yeah. soon getting a downward spiral
0: yeah um, no no I've used that a couple of times with clients in saying like you you kind of, kind of got to change your mindset and become that healthy individual you know like tell yourself you are you're the healthy person you know you're the person that turns down biscuit at work and you're the person that trains three days a week when you become that person those things become natural and you just do them you know the, the habits that a healthy person does you know you do them because you are that person you're not the person that goes to the pub and drinks beer after work instead and that can be quite powerful is when people get into that mindset
1: yeah yeah it, the, there's the old like it's, it's it's a nice testimony to see but it's one that kind of gets banded around a lot and it's just the people saying you know this isn't a diet for me this is this is the new me or this is the this is my lifestyle now it's not a diet um and it's very true, and that's kind of the the mindset you need to get into if you do want to succeed with, with anything, really. Uh, yeah. If you want to be the business, you want to be a businessman, you've got to become the businessman.
0: Let's uh, um, so let, let's round up with some of the things that you know, some of the positive, just highlights on the positive. So, obviously, like intuitive eating means a little less strenuous work in things like tracking and you know, like worrying about. Um, macros albeit you know we discussed I think before or earlier in the day when we, when we want to talk about this that have it, spending some time tracking is really useful for educational purposes to know the calorie contents of food so that when you are making these air quotes intuitive decisions there is actually some education behind it still um, and as you say if not I would just be eating burgers and chips every day exactly because I love burgers um, so yeah I think um, that that can obviously be less labor-intensive for some people and um, you can kind of focus a bit more on health than those numbers as well. So you said about, you know, you can really concentrate on eating some really healthful foods, so foods high in, in, in nutrition, some micronutrition, phytonutrients, phytonutrients, um, or even just, you know, the macros, proteins, and some, some good carbs, and some bad carbs, and
1: some good yeah. or bad,
0: whatever, if we dare call them that.
1: I think that's when you can start to bring in some more of your own rules as well. It's like, okay, well, when I am hungry and I do eat a meal, it's going to have at least three different colors of vegetables on. Um or in should I say mm. uh, things like that just setting in the more habits on top of the other habits that you're creating because uh, that way you are going to focus on the health whereas potentially if you were just eating to calories on my fitness pal you would go right okay well I could have an extra half handful of pasta instead of having you know a load of vegetables so uh, you do kind of forget about the health side I think sometimes when you are tracking so
0: yeah yeah no, I agree um, some other things might be like less stressful around social events because Okay there might be some stress around food choices because you might be one of these people that panic about oh my god there's nothing I can eat at the buffet but if you are following that overarching principles of giving yourself permission to eat and you're kind of using that in the context of a whole diet so not just that meal then you can give yourself permission to have some food that isn't that like quote unquote optimal um and that then might cause less stress you know rather than the stress of cuz even trackers in those events okay people that track their food generally have more flexibility so therefore can generally find it less stressful in certain scenarios like say you know a buffet or a party or a social occasion or whatever because they can pick foods and make it fit their macros but sometimes that can be stressy oh what are the best foods to choose and oh there are no no really good macro friendly foods you know it's all sausage rolls and pizza um that type of scenario so i think if you're giving yourself your permission to enjoy those foods actually that can be really really quite beneficial to like overall well-being and um longer term Ed, have you frozen?
1: Uh, I did do. you come back now. i got the rest of it, I think, of what you said. But yeah. Um, and I was going to make a point on that. Oh, So what you're saying about being uh, less stressful, it could also work for very busy people as well. So if you're somebody who is running around a lot, you don't really have... Uh, this is the thing my dad always says. Like, he always goes on saying, oh yeah, I want to lose weight. I'm not doing any of that tracking stuff though. Um, and it's... People kind of don't want to do it because they see it as, I don't know, rude doing it at the dinner table or whatever and, and um, or I don't have time to do that or I can't. Somebody eats, somebody makes food for you or you're making big meals for everybody so you can't do your individual tracking. Uh, those sorts of situations and people, uh, it could be a great uh, great tool for them. Uh,
0: yeah. I think one of the biggest things is it just feels like it's something extremely sustainable. Like for the rest of your life. If you kind of eat the majority of the time in that type of pattern and the 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 positive way intuitive eating can be, that can be extremely sustainable for the rest of your life and just set you up.
1: Yeah, yeah. Even if you do like track or whatever methods you use for the actual dieting part. Then to then go on and, and maintain using this method um, could be brilliant and it's just it is just making little lifestyle changes. Um, so somebody who we mentioned before, somebody like um, Mel Fudge, who's you know lost a great deal of weight and, and um, has come out the other side, and to, to help her maintain it now, instead of just tracking because she's done that for the last eighteen months or whatever, um, she could use this sort of style of um, this style of. Uh, assessing hunger and, and, and that sort of thing. So something that could work very, very well. Um, but if you do find yourself slipping uh wayward and you the weight starts creeping on again slowly, then you know you can always revert back to doing another method, getting back down to your point and then kind of, you know, working again from there. Yeah. yeah.
0: I mean just just on that then so some of the cons might be that they are it obviously is less precise you now if you've got specific goals in mind. So you know, I'm talking about maybe the example of uh, obviously the photo shoot that we're now about to run. Um, people aren't going to be using an intuitive eating style for something like that because you know they've got a very precise time goal where they want to look their best. So kind of being more a precise method of tracking actual calories and stuff. That's going to be a lot better. Um, so one of the cons of intuitive eating is is you know if you're trying to either lose weight or gain weight, say. Um, that trying to eat intuitively might have a tendency to either eat or maybe even overeat so um yeah it's it, it, that that isn't always appropriate all the time but i think for a more kind of sustainable approach maybe it's intuitive eating is good for someone that has trapped food before has a bit of an idea of calorie contents um that doesn't have anything like a really specific time goal in mind you know something really specific like a show or photo shoot or something or a holiday they want to be really lean for or, or i don't know that type of thing but if it's kind of more of a long term i just want to be a good good body weight and fit and healthy and live the longest i can and and maybe if you are the type of person that have dieted all your life or sick to death for tracking and um maybe intuitive eating might be for you
1: yep yep um i was gonna say something around what you were just saying then uh, oh yeah if you're trying to go to an extreme uh, it's not going to work either because to go to an extreme you have to push it in a way that goes past your comfort zone so if you're trying to you know, gain a lot of weight and you find it really hard to gain weight this is not going to be for you um, if you are trying to get down to you know, silly amounts of leanness for you know, whatever reason this is not going to be for you because you have to push it past the, the extremes of, uh, of where your body is comfortable um, otherwise you would be walking around peeled or overweight so
0: yeah your body fights back hard when you get into those extreme places so you know it's almost impossible to eat intuitively if you want to get on stage and you know for most people for 99.9% of people it's impossible you have to kind of start really pushing against your hunger signals which is the opposite of what intuitive eating is supposed to be cool um yeah I- i'd probably just end it on like you know, may, I, I, I will openly say I have a more positive opinion or outlook on intuitive eating now than I probably did even, you know, when we did that podcast with Dan, say, sort of a year and a half ago, however long ago that was. I, I It's something that I'm way more open to using now with people and even kind of, I. if you'd have asked me a year ago, would I ever stop tracking food? Like, I'd probably say, yeah, you know, inevitably at some point I'm going to, but I'd struggle to think when I really would. Because I kind of think I've always believed myself that oh, it stops me overeating by by knowing, you know, like tracking my food to such thing. But I actually think there's probably a time where, you know, I will, I, or I, there'll be a time when I transition completely into just intuitive eating, and, you know, not tracking any food. Just at the minute, it's just I've kind of got a bit more precise goals, I suppose, where I feel like I need, um, need to be a bit more precise with tracking. I suppose like m- maybe that's something I should consider when it's gaining phase. Maybe it's just go, Do you know what. Maybe my next gaining phase, I'll just free- freewheel it and see what happens.
1: I think it's more suited to losing than gaining, if anything. Uh, because gaining, your, if you're eating to hunger, quite often you're eating when you're not hungry, when gaining, when you're trying to push up the weight. Mm. Unless you don't have an issue with it, or unless you just use really high-calorie foods. But um, I think it's better. It's, more, it's easier to go, right, okay, I know what really healthy foods are, and I know that I can't eat much, so I'm not going to eat much today, and I'm just going to eat this low-calorie food. Um, whereas if you're like, oh, God, I've got to eat again, like sometimes you kind of forget when you've got no appetite um, and things like that. So yeah, I,
0: I, I think I eat more junk food than I should, which doesn't stop me overeating.
1: Yeah. yeah, If, yeah, if, so if, if, you, I, if yeah. I
0: took the mindset of, you know what, actually, if I'm going to do this, I need to really reduce the amount of junk food I'm eating and focus more on kind of whole foods... I think I'd probably have more of, a, or I potentially have more of an issue of undereating. I think the amount of junk food I eat, I don't have any problem undereating.
1: Well, then you're not intuitively eating, then, are you? I'm intuitively eating all the Reeses. <laughs> so yeah, so there we go. There yeah. we we found we found the floor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, cool.
0: I enjoyed this. Enjoyed it. As I say, like I've I I've really enjoyed talking about the. The, the bits of intuitive eating i don't think a lot of fitness professionals cover as i say they i think they just think oh you should listen to your body and your body tells you what's right well actually that's not true there's a billion other things you need to consider alongside of that to if you want it to be successful so
1: yeah no good chat good chat
0: right anything to plug uh,
1: get in our nutrition facebook group uh, no-nonsense nutrition make sure you follow all our socials mm-hmm. no-nonsense nutrition it's uh, pretty easy to follow mm-hmm. um yeah we just launched our photo shoot package which is now uh by the time this comes out the doors will be closed so you've missed out, out on that, on that. Yeah. yeah um but no that's going to be good fun um if it goes well then we'll do it again maybe later in the year or, or next year we'll see. Sure it will go
0: well the last one was amazing so um, well true i'm sure these guys will get amazing results and but to be fair, it's just fun, isn't it? Like, it's a bit, yeah. a bit masochistic, I suppose, but, because it is hard. Like, certainly to when you get closer to a photo shoot day, you do start to think, regret some of the decisions that you made by, by signing up or doing it. But it, <laughs> it is so rewarding. Like, I don't think I can big that up enough to how rewarding it is to when you get to that day and you feel like you've just achieved what you've achieved, and then you get the cool photos as evidence or pr- something you can look back on with pride think, wow, do you know what? I did that
1: yeah yeah i'm 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 tempted tempted because t- i go away t- at the t- end long. of may yeah i go away <sighs> at the end of may don't i now that i wouldn't be too bothered because um but the, if i was just going away i wouldn't be too bothered if it was just me and al but i'm going away with like all my uni mates and they're all going on about yeah yeah gotta get delicious from mauritius and all this and i'm like wow do it I can't, I can't turn up and be the nutritionist and be the most out of shape. I mean, nobody will be fatter than the groom, but well, then, he's fat you, and proud. So. You're,
0: gonna, you're gonna, well, then you need to do the photo shoot, don't you?
1: Well, yeah, so I'm gonna have to, aren't I? Yeah. So,
0: I, I um, there's, here's a PS on the uh, on the podcast, then just on the topic. So, uh, a conversation with my brother-in-law who's uh, joined the photo shoot package, and he said it's all right. We're going on holiday the week after, aren't we? And I said, and I said, well, yeah, it's fine. Um, he said that's probably good timing, right? And I said, mm, actually, to be honest probably shit timing i'm gonna say the same to you ed because what happens yeah, oh, yeah. when you've restricted for 12 weeks and all yeah. of a sudden it's over
1: go all out mate you go yolo you go, you
0: go fucking in hard on that buffet
1: every meal <laughs> after the shoot i'll have two weeks before i go away week i don't
0: think that's long yeah. enough honestly like yeah. i said i said to him i said the problem is it's like it sounds really ridiculous or even a bit too simple um but I said genuinely, when you're restricted for that long, and depending upon how much progress you make, and how lean you are, obviously, but your hormones are so dysregulated that you do find it really difficult, even after a number of days of overfeeding, like even a number of weeks overfeeding, depending upon how lean you get, that you do struggle to like regulate your appetite. This intuitive eating just doesn't happen. You can't intuitive eat, eat after that. Like if you go on holiday, you are going in, like unless you've got some serious serious restriction um or a bit or a big plan in terms of helping you stick to, to some sort of recovery diet because it's just so hard to just do it when you're like eating massive meals and you're still going oh, I can eat more after that or you wake up the following day and you're still hungry something mm. i think it gets worse i think it's worse then so like bear in mind obviously last year when i did the photo shoot obviously we had 16 weeks dieting we had our photo shoot on the 28th, 9th of April or something, wasn't it? I can't remember what day or something. Yeah, it was like that last exactly. weekend. Yeah, that was like a, uh, I think, so that was the, yeah, that was a Saturday. And I think I went holiday the following Thursday. So it was less than a week I went holiday hmm. afterwards. And I must admit, I found it easier to control myself leading up to the photo shoot. Bear in mind, I was staying away with work for three or four days a week or three days a week, I think, for the four weeks leading up to it, eating in restaurants and struggling, you know, like in buffet restaurants, in hotels for breakfast and that type of thing. I found it easier then, though, than I did, um, and post-photo shoot until I went on holiday. Once I went on holiday and I started eating, that was it, off, shackles off, done, go on, all in, keep eating, meal
1: after meal after meal. Got nothing to kind of hold in for, have you, so... Yeah, you do, you do do that because you've got nothing... Why do I need to stay in shape now? So, you, yeah, you yeah. Uh, you do.
0: Not just that, right. Not just that. although it's obviously a big part of it, but it's also the the literally physical feelings of hunger and trying to listen to your body. That just wouldn't work. I just... I, no. If I did that, because I was like, boom, oh, I'm still hungry. Because could still eat another meal. Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm, yeah, I've had something to eat, but I could eat some more than that.
1: Oh, God, yeah. After the first... Well, it's not the first photo shoot I did, but the first, like, lean photo shoot I did, I oh. must have had, from getting from gym in manchester back home i must have had like three four meals and then came home and ate again yeah 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 yeah. i was just like every place i stopped by i was like oh that sounds nice (laughs) so i went in and had some yeah so that that was the point (laughs) anyway
0: like maybe it's poor timing to go on holiday then after
1: but all right i'll just i'll tell him to move the wedding. it's fine yeah well no
0: (laughs) mate do it that'd be fun
1: get involved with the clients yeah um, i'm tempted i'm tempted maybe not go like full lean but just you know get respectable
0: well let's sign off there i think um i think there's nothing else to plug so we will say adios adios Au revoir, how ready are you
1: um readier than somebody who's really ready